Welcome to episode eight of the Toronto Untilt Blue Jays podcast. I'm Steve Artabello with Anthony Harris and Theo Giordano. You can find us at our website, torontountilt.com. You can find our YouTube where this video will be posted, Toronto Untilt. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, you can find our audio everywhere you possibly would listen to podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Blaker, Bleaker, Gazuntide, and and uh, all of the things you can stream us everywhere. You can find us on Twitter at Toronto on Tilt. You can find us at the streaming platforms at Toronto on Tilt. Um, it was a weird week. It was a winning week. It was a winning week, but it was a weird week because there's a lot of feelings. There are, there are some feelings, and we'll get to those. Um, Theo, I guess you and Tony will go through like a week in review. Quick little summary. Yeah. So we'll go back and forth here. Um, just kind of quick recap on every game. The first game of the week was the Tuesday game against the Red Sox. Jays dropped game one of the Red Sox 4-2. to two. Ryu started strong, blew up in the fourth inning, only could get through five innings of work. Defense was an absolute circus. Ball balling a ball at short. Royale taking the worst angles towards baseballs. And uh, good old Charlie Montoya. Literally no idea. He has no idea what the purpose of pinch hitting is. Uh, taking out Kirk. For Palacio, when you have a catcher sitting there, who I think two for 28 at the time, who's worse now, Danny Jansen, uh, leaving him in the game. So overall, bats were shit, and it was a bad Ryu start. You're not going to get many wins with that combination. He got Fenway. We were talking about this before. Lefties at Fenway with the monster. It's a problem. Xander Bogart just took advantage of it. Ryu's Ryu. Uh, hopefully he's okay. We'll get to that, actually, I guess, when we get to today's game. Um, but, yeah, it's going to happen. Allergy season, Tony's taking it rough. Tony's yeah, playing I'm fighting, through, fighting right through it for you guys. That's, uh, that's what I do. He's playing hurt, putting the team on his back, though. Actually, I think it was, like, the anniversary of that Greg Jennings clip because I saw really? it literally everywhere oh, really? on social media. If if you don't know what we're talking about about that, I don't know where the hell you've been. And you did, clearly don't have a computer, and you've never played Madden or don't know what hilarity is. But go – Was that 10 years ago? Yeah, I think it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, see, it was at some point this week because it was everywhere. But anyways, yeah. back to baseball. <laughs> yeah. Tony put the team on his back, though. Yeah, that – yeah, that was a game. Yeah, it was a tight one, and they lost, unfortunately. But Ryu is just – he gave That's you his right. innings. That's all you can really ask for, a little short home run, whatever. But the pinch hitting, we were going crazy over that. Like, why you're pinch hitting for Kirk, for a guy who's well, an yeah. up-and-down minor league player, I I had no idea. Yeah. You get the next game? Yeah, well, the next one, I don't have to say too much about it because we can all boil it down to Garrett Richards. He was, uh, was brutal. The Blue Jays won six to three, and they scored all the. They scored four runs in the first two innings, and it was mostly because Garrett Richards couldn't throw a strike. He was all over the place. He walked what, six guys. Yeah, like how many runs would they have scored if they literally didn't swing? I saw someone tweet that, and I I started thinking. I'm like, you know what? That is a that is genuinely a good question. I'm trying to think who actually tweeted that because I'd like to give them credit because I started actually it threw my my mind into like. A, a pickle because I was like, holy shit. Yeah, he could not. Like, he would have just kept walking people. It's right not even through. close. He was like bouncing fastballs. Like, he even threw a pickoff throw in the crowd. 
It was just completely all over the place. Derek Richards has fallen apart. I'm glad he's not the one of the reclamation projects the Jays have taken a show at. He, he fit the end. profile. He fit the profile for sure, but we, we didn't end up with him. Um, but, yeah, it was a bullpen day. So Trent went two innings, only gave up two hits, no runs. Tommy Malone gave up two runs. And two runs. <sighs> the Tommy Malone thing. When is this going to end? No, I... it, not anytime soon, dude. We have a lot of problems. And Tommy Lowe is not one of them right now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is one of them. I'm like, oh god, I'm like, there's been way too many. Listen, Tommy Malone's a stuff. Way too many Tommy Malone. More bullpen piece, and he's going to lead up to our Tanner Roark eight inning appearances. That's just what the team is right now. We shockingly didn't see him this weekend, though. That was a disappointment. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> Phelps, Baraki, Dolis, Meza, and Anthony Castro even gave up a combined three hits, one earned run to finish off the game. So that was a good one from the bullpen. And that's so far been a trend. Bullpen. The bullpen putting the team on their back, though. Yeah. Go watch that Greg Jennings clip for the love of God. It's fucking Watch hilarious. the Beastquake one, too. Oh, the, be- the Beastquake one is like what originated it. That's where everyone started finding this dude. And then that's how they found the Greg Jennings clip. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was good to see. Like the bullpen is really like I joke around. Like the bullpen is putting the team on their back. Like they're and it's not the guys we thought it would be. You know what I mean? It's waiver claims and dudes they pull off the scrap heap, which is something this team is really good at. Like think about it. who's the last dude they pulled off the scrap heap that was bad? JP Howell, like four years ago. Seriously, oh, yeah. we got a supply. Yeah, he was one of the bigger stars. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was right. Because he's throwing the weighted balls. What the hell was? Uh, what was his name? Steve Delavar. That's it, Steve Delavar. Yeah, the that was teacher. Sure. Yeah. Well, like the fucking raised dude who was selling solar, solar panels. panels. I didn't know God. they did that door to door. I guess. And then he's out here throwing ninety seven. Like, okay. Well, we're doing what the Rays are doing now. We've taken their whole philosophy. Whatever. If you can find them, it works. It's fine. It works. Yeah. All right. Back to the games, though, boys. Where are we? Uh, we're at the the Rays series actually. Um, game one, Jays win five to three against the Rays. Matt's kind of tightrope through five innings of work, gave up a three run home to a Rosarena, but his defense again did not help him at all. Panic and ball battle on the left side of uh, the infield, but gotta shout out Lourdes. We shit on Lourdes for his defense. He was good in this game. Made a really nice catch. They were the guy at home, so big ups to Lourdes Gurriel on that one. Um, most of the offense. For us, came with two outs in the first inning. Jay scored four runs, capped off by a Marcus Simeon three-run shot. Credit to us for telling the Jays to put him six because that fixed him. At least Clearly. if he's going to strike out, it doesn't matter if it's six. If he's hitting six and he's hitting a few home runs, you're feeling good about that. And uh, Grichuk had another home run. He's had a, had a really good week. So Jay's More win. home runs than anyone against Tyler Glasnow. Which is wild. Wild. We have to apologize again. We're back on the Randall Gritschuk train as a podcast. But those are like, those are like all of his hits. Though he's like three for fourteen. But whatever. That's good That's slugging, bro. Whatever. He got hot. He got yeah. hot this week. He came yeah. up in clutch situations. Well, that's just against Glass now. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Still happened. Still, still was useful. Still necessary. Still but it was also another game where the Jays scored early and did nothing after. So, oh my god! That's been an issue. the first two innings. Yeah. It, this offense, they have problems, man. Like they have real problems. 
like thank God Springer's almost back because we keep talking about it when he comes back and it kind of pushes everyone down and you can and with the fact that Biggio is starting to kind of look like the old Kevin Biggio, you know what I mean? We'll get to when we get to today's game specifically where he doesn't hit high velocity well and even against Patino he's fouling off those high, those fastballs at 95 plus that he doesn't hit well so that he could work the like this is the Kevin Biggio offensively we need to see. Mm-hmm. Defensively is a different story. Still don't think he's third baseman. We'll talk about that. But yeah. <laughs> oh, one thing about Marcus Semien that we were talking about now that he's lower in the order. We were kind of talking about like when everyone comes back, like Semien, Guriel, Teoscar, uh, Grichik. They all get so hot and cold. They're kind of interchangeable. And when they get hot, they hit for power too. So it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of a luxury to have all of them. You know what I mean? Like once, hopefully everyone gets healthy because they are kind of interchangeable in the middle of your order, depending on which one of them are going. You know what I mean? Because when they really get going, they can, you know what I mean? Like when Semyon really gets going, he was an MVP candidate. You know what I mean? We saw what Teoscar did last year. He won a silver slugger. We've seen Randall at times get really hot. You know what I mean? And then Guriel, the same thing. We've get, we've seen him get so hot that he can carry the team, even though he needs to do that fucking soon. <laughs> Cause it's getting, Getting scarce out there right now for him. So, Tony, you have the next game? Well, the next game was a loss. Lost 5-3. to three. Again, that trend we were talking about, scoring early in the game and then doing nothing the rest of it. <sighs> that will happen. Another three-run home run right off the bat. This one was from Randall. He crushed one. But after that, zeros, goose eggs throughout the game. And, you know, three runs... Not enough runs. Robbie Ray it was phenomenal. Ray. It was enough for Robbie Ray until the sixth inning. He one bad pitch, one bad pitch. Honestly, for Robbie Ray, the entire game, like he, like his fa- and it, of course, it came on a on a breaking ball because his fastball, like he was feeling it. He was pumping fastballs. The strike zone sucked, but he kind of fought through it. It didn't really matter. That was the best version of Robbie Ray, like. Not to mention, Robbie Ray seems to really pitch well against the Tampa Bay Rays. Remember that playoff start where they used Shoemaker as oh, the yeah. opening? Like, we all lost our minds about it. Yeah, exactly. There's something about Robbie Ray and the Rays, and they just they can't seem to hit him, and I like it. I'm I'm well, about the it. The Rays can't hit much right now. Yes, facts, They're but yeah. I, I like it. And again, it, it was unfortunate. Kiermaier. Kiermaier's one, the only one, good player. Uh, but only against the Blue Jays. Yeah. He sucks against the rest of the league. Yeah, pretty much. Or he's hurt. And he's the MVP sure. against the Blue Jays. Um, and, oh, my God. And then, like, talking about Biggio. So before we get to the play, and Tony, I guess, will break it down a little bit. Um, something I heard from Arden Welling this week, because we were talking about last week, we were pretty – I was specifically very low on Biggio as a third baseman. I just don't think that's the position he's going to play because I didn't think he could throw the ball. Apparently, coming out of camp, he had a sprained finger in his throwing hand. And then think about it. He's been hit in that hand three different times. You know what I mean? So he's dealing with the sprain. Then he gets hit, and he's got the the messed up pinky. And then he took the ball off the hand. You know what I mean? And it messes up all of his fingers. So he's never been able to grip the ball properly, which is why – remember how we've talked about sometimes it looks when he sets his feet and throws like – he can really get a lot on it. And you're like, no, that's a dude who's got enough arm. And then when you see when he's just kind of throwing 
like just in the fo- like has to get to the ball and just chuck it. He doesn't throw very hard. I wonder if there's a little bit of saving grace there in the arm strength because he can't grip a baseball. And if he can't grip a baseball, and if here's the thing though, and if he can't grip a baseball, what if he did sprain his finger coming into the season, like maybe the fact that he couldn't hit also makes more sense. And what the hell were they doing then? Just trotting him out there. If clearly it was that big of an issue. I got a star like Espinal behind him. Are we going to get into that? Uh, like, cause we were talking about Espinal and how we think that like, there's a problem. Like I have a bad feeling Santiago Espinal is going to turn into Ryan Goins, Johnny Mac 2.0. Hard worker. Does all the little things. The and he's going to get guys like that. He's going to be the 50 year old <sighs> baseball fans. Biggest dream. Cause the he plays dream. Like you saw him today. Like he got a couple of singles. You know what I mean? And played a really nice third base. And it's just it, people Donald. like I have this feel like remember when he he played shortstop and Ryan Goins at second base and people are just like the defense and you're like they can't hit and then all of a sudden like Johnny Mack had that season where he kind of started for most of it and wasn't terrible but you know also wasn't great and then Ryan Goins got super hot at the end of 2015 and everyone just remembers that and they don't remember the fact that he could never hit other than that other than that weird season where he was super clutch. It, like that just out of nowhere he just hit with men on score in scoring position he's never duplicated ever again like yeah. it's just i have this feeling santiago espinal is going to turn into this guy for this fan base i just well, see it especially as after long today. as these guys everyone else struggles at the third base it's just going to be even stronger you know with yeah. bg i wouldn't even thought he was injured it just looks like that all the time to me i don't know yeah Exactly. Like I, I didn't know that until to like, not today, but a couple days ago when I heard that from Arden Zwelling who covers the team. And yeah, it's like, how the hell if you had a sprain for like, what, what are we doing here? But okay. Okay. I, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of questions with the injury so far and how we're handling certain shit. And it's that, not a yeah, no. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not great. And something we talked about too, with Marcus Semyon, that always surprised me. Sorry? Oh yeah, get to the la- get let's to get to. The, let's get through the week. We we'll get the recap. People get don't know what happened. Then we'll talk about them. this. Yeah, just got out from under the rocks <laughs> yeah, right we, now. We just finished Sunday's game. Uh, Jays win one nothing. The rubber game against the Rays. Ryu only pitched three and a third, three and two thirds, was pretty good. Um, but got hurt in a reoccurring glute injury, which is always good to see. Remember so he pulled his butt. Pretty much. But apparently it's mild. I'm I just I'm he knew terrified. Right away. He knew right away. That's not a good thing. Here's the thing. They said they said it was mild. So here's the thing. We'll find out more about this. I'm hoping this is one of those things where it's like he knew it, called it, and because they have so many off days, maybe he doesn't start again until next week. Because think about it, they're playing these two interleague series, so there's a bunch. There's always a bunch of off days there, and I think we do have multiple off, like at least two off days again this week. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he, maybe exactly. So maybe he's a dude that you could push to Saturday or Sunday and not have go on the DIL. Hopefully, maybe Springer and him just can't play on the same team at the same time. That could be it. (laughs) Voodoo. Well, talking about Danny Jansen is cursed. Yeah, Danny Jansen is cursed. But yes, get to it. The rest of this shit. The the pen 
the best pen in Major League Baseball, and it's not fucking close right now. We get put Baby. anyone in the in this pen. Baby. It's great. Congrats, good job, Maze. Waiver from the Tigers, who were one of the worst teams in all of baseball. Doesn't matter. He gets a save. Star. Yeah. Maze a chat with Brookie Phelps. At least good job today. Uh, offense didn't do dick again. Uh, just it's a recurring theme. We only offense from the star. Santa Santiago Espinal with a blue pit. And again, another Charlie head scratcher with um, not hit. You got rising first and third in one run game in Tampa Bay, a, a team you always have these weird games against, and you're yeah. leaving Danny Jansen in there. I know he hit the and, ball hard, but like yeah. you have Kirk, and you're just not playing him. Not to mention, and and Danny Jansen. This is what I mean. This is what like Danny Jansen is cursed because coming into this game, he had an 0.54 average. But we've talked about BAPIP and how it's a luck stat, and BAPIP league average is 300. Danny Jansen's BAPIP coming into this game was .077. And today he hits a ball 105 miles an hour and did something that I've never seen in baseball. Not like this anyways. Like I've seen guys' gloves come off, but not in this way. Where Danny Jansen knocked the glove off the guy who is the shortstop but playing third base because of the shift because, yes, baseball makes sense now. But it took Joey Wendell's glove completely off of his hand. Didn't matter. Still got an out because it was hit so hard. Danny Jansen is cursed. Just the way it is. It was. It was actually Mike Fast. Rosso, but yeah, it was the same. No, oh, Mike he Rosso. Was just his like approach at it. Like he was freaked out by the spin or whatever, and it like ended up hitting like the bottom, and it knocked it right off. Just I don't know, Danny. It's good to see him. He's hitting the ball hard right now. He wasn't doing that all year. That's part of like earlier in there. He was not hitting the ball hard at all. It was ugly. But, you know, maybe these hearted balls will find holes soon. Uh, that would make know. Charlie We've happy, cursed him. he wouldn't have to play Kirk. I just – I was hoping he could be average. Before yes. the season, yeah, Steve said, like, Danny Jansen was his guy, his prize guy. Tony Tellez, who's kind of coming back. Mine, a guy who's hurt, um, and um, and uh, T. Oscar Hernandez. So we'll already broke out. We can blame our – yeah, that was – it was a really bunch of a hedge pit. We all fucked it up. We all ruined our team pretty much by with these picks. You know? Should have picked uh, Randall. Should have picked new Randall. Well, he wouldn't be good then. This is true. We had to mush him for it to be good, so we can take credit for that. Him. I'm still doing it. Continue. Uh, he's horrible. <laughs> that was yeah, the week, no. though. We we had a winning week, but it it kind of series winning against the race in Tampa is always a good thing, but it should have been a sweep. And our only series wins this year against the That's, Yankees Rays. Which is and, and we didn't talk about the Biggio play, and I guess we'll get back to it. And now we'll talk about the Semyon thing in third base in general. Like, So Biggio doesn't make that play at third base. Again. And we've talked about the hand, and we've talked about everything. And, we're, and now we're seeing him play a lot of right field. So we'll go back to the Semyon thing, because this is actually what we kind of want to circle back to this. When he signed, didn't everyone think he was playing third base? Until they said he's only playing second. And Biggio was playing third and none of us made, none of us understood, right? And now it just, I talked about, we talked about this before the podcast. And the only thing that makes sense to me is that the only reason that he's playing second base and not third base is because that was a decision and an agreement made before he signed here. That he took a look around and went, Who's the best second baseman in baseball? And honestly, think about it. Because we tried to do this before, and I was like, Ozzy Albies, the course of Altuve, who's hurt, and Tony brought up 
the right answer. Say it again for the people in the back, Tony. Wit Merrifield. Exactly. Um, and you might be asking he who's that? Like he plays for the Royals. He makes like $2 million a year. Uh, he's got like three successive options, and he plays for the Royals, and he's really, really good at baseball, but no one pays attention to him. But again, that's think about it. So I think that Marcus Semyon, there was an agreement made that he was going to move to second base. That's the position he would play because he would take a one-year deal and he would go back into the market trying to hit it big and be one of the best second basemen in baseball because think about it. At third base, how many teams need a third baseman other than the Blue Jays? Not many. Every team in baseball could use a second baseman other than what the Yankees with DJ LeMahieu. And if they don't have DJ LeMahieu, yeah. you just put Glaber there. And that's where Glaber was best. Like, it's really the Yankees are the only team that have that luxury. And the that's Royals, the because they have Whit Merrifield. Even though they play him in center field sometimes, because they're the Royals. And they, they do weird Royals things. They're so desperate second baseman. Odor still has a job. De- he's a Yankee. Which, yeah. again, when you have, like, again, with the, the men that they have, the guys in the positions, and the Yankees are... The Yankees doing dumb things and being bad at baseball just... Warms my heart. Okay, it makes me feel good, and it also was the last time that the Jays were in the playoffs, or when the Yankees couldn't figure out baseball. So, hope this continues. But, but yeah, that Samian thing is just. Uh, and if it really hurts there. with Bijou, because I don't know if Tony said this on the pot or, or just privately, but Bijou kind of fits that role of a utility guy. You can just kind of yeah. move around, and he's good enough to play one day at a position. But now that he has to play every day at third, it's going to be so exposed. His his uh the bad things he he does so exactly that's the thing with utility guys in general if they were so great they'd be locked into one position right? it's, it, like his exactly. perfect role would be that guy like to be not an an Espinel with a better bat like like to be that guy can play everywhere he plays he plays every day still but he plays somewhere else every day yeah. he plays left field he plays right field he plays first base he plays third base he plays second base he DHs one day you know what I mean like. He literally moves all over the diamond. And yeah, that's kind of what I think he'd be best at. And yeah, I don't know if Tony said that actually on the pod or before, but that that kind of seems like what the organization also wants for him. It kind of seems what everyone thinks is his best role, and it's we're kind of seeing it. And again, hey, maybe it's the hand, right? Like, I guess this is the last... This is the last life preserver you get here before I go. You just don't, okay. I already don't think he's a third baseman. I've already said it, but like, okay, maybe there's a chance. And if it's not this, you know what I mean? Like if this isn't the thing, then they got to figure this out. Especially with Bichette. Like we, we both love Bichette and he's struggling hitting now, but we'll get out of that. Defensively though, if they're both playing below average, that's yeah. just disaster. And yeah. and the thing with Bo, I'm just I want to say this. We brought this up, I want to say two podcasts ago when we were talking about young shortstops and t- Fernando Tatis Jr. and how amazing Fernando Tatis Jr. is and him hitting fucking four home runs over the weekend against Clay Kershaw and Trevor Bauer yeah. and then fucking mocking Bauer with the eye closed and the strut and I he, love. He posted a funny meme today too. Oh like my god, too with the baby. Yeah. yeah, and they're going back and forth and it's just oh, Bauer's like so I gotta I gotta be the also, fun baseball guy, but this guy's like. I have the sword shirt, which is the like the sword celebration he did when he struck out Hosmer, and then Hosmer did it after he got a hit when he was on first base, and it's just, oh, this is this is what baseball needs to be. This is what baseball needs to be. They actually put that game Sunday night baseball tonight, which was they should about damn time. 
<laughs> but you know, MLB.com, if you live in California, you can't watch that game because of blackouts on MLB.com, but you know, whatever. <laughs> we had um, to get the calls last week on Sunday night. That was important. Yeah. But it, Bo's not moving. Like they talk about Bo moving the second and having to move Bo when you have Marcus Semien and move Bo, move Bo, move Bo. Fernando Tatis Jr. wasn't good at the beginning. Trevor Story wasn't good at the beginning. And Javier Baez, who is one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball, and Bo will never have that arm. But Baez came to the big leagues as a bat first player. He was a train wreck defensively, and he is one of the best gloves in baseball. What I'm saying is some of the best shortstops in the game right now did not come up as finished products, and that's what you're seeing with Bo. We talked about this before. It's just reps. You know what I mean? And it's going to be infuriating. It is. It really is. But this is how he's going to have to work through it. There's so much correlation, too, with um, the at-bat and the field. When they're struggling at-bat, I don't know what it is, but so many players just bring their problems into the field and even the stupidest mistakes, you can just tell. Like when he starts slumping, his whole like demeanor changes, and it, it's you know he's they're very emotional players. They're so young, but like Bo, when he's struggling, you can very, you can very much tell and tell on both sides of, uh, of the field right now. But well, that's one thing about Danny Jansen, he is not doing that. You know, he's he can't be because if he's if he wasn't good, <laughs> yeah, this is true. I know that's his whole livelihood is being able to catch baseballs. Bo, to me, also seems very much like a confidence player. You know what I mean? When Bo's hitting, everything goes right. You know what I mean? Bo's making great. Like you said, Bo's defense looks phenomenal when Bo's hitting. You know what I mean? And when Bo's hitting, Bo's not just hitting dinky singles. Bo's hitting the ball really, really hard. And you see it in his swings. And you saw it today, actually. They talked about it in the postgame. Joe Siddle brought it up. Bo's leg kick started to change today. Like, you're starting to see him make changes and he does that a lot because he tweaks a lot with his swing mechanics because they're so wild you know what i mean like again his two people have talked talked about this to death his two strike approach is completely different and some people want the two strike approach all the time because he's a lot quieter and he's a lot better hitter but the reason bo hits the ball so fucking hard is because of the stuff he does not on two strikes like when he ambushes that first pitch fastball breaking ball whatever he guesses it is and hits it a million miles because he puts that massive swing on it you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of who he is, and I think he's probably just got to learn not to ride the highs and lows. Which again, this is what happens when you have one of these young players. And just go look at Fernando Tatis Jr. Like he's not a finished product. Everyone love him. He had four home runs over the weekend. So well, so far, and you know what I mean? Not over the weekend. It's it's not even over yet. He's had four home runs already, and it isn't over yet. He's still making tons of errors and bad plays at shortstop. You know what I mean? But no one talks about that, and he just signed a 300 and whatever million dollar contract. You know what I mean? This is what you're going to deal with. You know what I mean? This is just it. I keep and saying, you know what I mean? I just sound like a fucking broken record at this point. Even with Vlad, too, because you talked about the approach. Like Even Vlad this weekend, there was points where you're like, oh, he's kind of back to a little bit old Vlad with like some of his wild swings and but he's able to catch it now and they're both able to like they know themselves so well they just like it they're young and it's going to happen but they're able, if they're able to fix it on their own that's like a positive to take from it exactly that's that's what you got to look look for right like 
and again, positively, if Biggio starts to look better offensively, hopefully, like like Bo and like Vladdy, maybe that carries over to third base. You know what I mean? The fact that his bats are looking better. I'm really pulling at straws with him for now defensively. I'll be yeah. fully honest. I'm not even going to – you know I don't think he's a third baseman. I've said it multiple times. Hopefully, that kind of gets him going, allegedly. We'll see. But – Again, Springer's supposed to come back, and if Biggio kind of starts getting it going and you bring Springer back, again, we've talked about this. This offense with him at the top getting everything going with Bo, with Vladdy, and now if you add Biggio and Grichik is hitting, and then if Grichik's not hitting, you have all the other guys coming back. That's what we're about to see finally. We're almost there. You know what I mean? We're getting so goddamn close. So hopefully we get there. It should be Tuesday is what what they're saying now. They hinted at Sunday for a bit, but so the plan was he played apparently today a uh, a full nine innings in center field in a sim game. So they're going to see in a sim game too. We should mention that too. Yeah, and he played actually not against the Blue Jays. They played the uh, the Marlins uh, like alternate site guys. So they actually did play a game. Uh, the stats don't matter because it's literally just about stretching out. He threw fifty one pitches. That's the number that matters. Honestly, he might have just we don't know what pitches he was throwing. And some of these uh, like these comeback, like rehab, stretch him out starts. It's like spring. We talked about where they'll throw one pitch or two pitches the entire time. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what his stats were. What matters is that he threw 51 pitches. Why that matters is he's going to have to have at least one more rehab start to try to get him up around 70 something. And with Ryu's glute injury, I think that means he's not going to get that next rehab start to get over 80 so that you bring him back fully stretched out. I think he's going to get one more rehab start and he's in the bigs. And he might have a Trent Thornton game, which we were talking about not wanting him to do, but that might have to happen. The only positive is if he gets up to 70-something pitches in his next start, it means hopefully he can be in the 80s in his big league debut. So hopefully he's not throwing 80 in two innings. That would be a problem. <laughs> it would not be allowed by our organization. That's a good point. They would not let him have a 40-pitch inning. There's no too fucking well right chance. Now. <laughs> oh, God. But, like, hopefully Reeves all right. Because that's that's kind of – that's that's really the, the big one. You know what I mean? Because, like, Springer's coming back and it's – you know what I mean? There's, there's good vibes. The guys are getting back. And if you lose Ryu – Also – should we talk about Romano a bit? Because he came he back. He looked right. Of course. The last few he hasn't starts. looked right since Before the finger injury yeah. that knocked him out last year. Am I wrong? No. He's looking yep. good. Yeah, he's been too wild. Like, you're going to bring him in high leverage because he's Jordan Romano. He's your guy. And he just wasn't on last game. He hasn't been on all year. And he didn't pitch today. I thought we might see him maybe. No. but. We maybe uh, maybe Tuesday he'll have a couple of days off. Hopefully, here's we'll see the issue: more. our fucking Fine. offense needs to actually have a blowout game so we can get some of these relievers who are struggling low leverage work. Right. Everything's high leverage yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, and like the least looks like he's back. Like the, it's funny this bullpen how it works. You know what I mean? And we kind of joke around too. Like Dolis has to start every count o one or one o, but then it it doesn't matter. He seems to get out of it. He's like he is a human rain delay and he is stress inducing, but he's a good reliever and he's he is literally one of those dudes you have to tell like 
Who's the last dude that you remember like this, actually? Out of the Jason Fraser. Jason Fraser. No, no, no. Not, not in terms of taking a long time. Like, the guy that comes out that gives you heart palpitations, but if you look at their numbers, is actually, like, a really good reliever. Cecil, yeah. probably. I was – that's actually the exact name I was going to go with, Tony. With Brett Cecil. And it's specifically that game year. winner, Brett Cecil. No, it yeah. was the year. Remember the year he got hot? Actually, it was twenty. It was twenty fifteen. The year he got hot, yeah. and then he ended up tearing his fucking uh, uh, calf muscle. But he sucked the beginning of that, and, and like even when he was on that insane scoreless streak, where he didn't allow a run from Father's Day to like whatever the hell he finally allowed a run. Yeah. For like the first half of that streak, he would come into the game, and you just heard, but you just did not trust him in any way, shape, or form. But no. he was lights out. And I feel like that's Dolis. You know what I mean? Well, like aside from the, we remembered him as a starter too, and we're like, oh, he's not a good starter. We already had a negative impression of him. But then by the end, I remember he was a free agent, and I was banging the table like, we need it. Same. We need Brett Cecil, and the you know Cardinals gave him a no trade clause, and, and a lot of money, and a four year contract, and he was bad. You know who's famous profile I was, now? I was with Tony on that, huh? You know who? Tyler Chatwood. As soon yeah. as he's coming to the pen here, like. I've been pretty yeah. impressed. And I, I was remembering him as the starter, like, oh, fuck, we're going to bring this guy in and he's going to blow up every game. But he's been good out of the pen. That's yeah. Phelps has been good out of the pen. Like, these guys, like, when we were talking about it, like, even Piamps, and I was joking around about Anthony Castro, who's a waiver from the Detroit Lions. But, Detroit. I mean, he throws hard, and that slider's kind of nasty. He doesn't really know where anything's going. I, that that seems to be a, a consistent with Anthony Castro is – Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk will set up somewhere. <laughs> and that is not generally where they end up when the ball is received. But hey, when you throw upper 90s, like 95 plus, and that slider moves like fucking four feet. You know, that You can afford to make mistakes sometimes, right? My, and that's... My guy, Ty Tice, going to have pro- trouble making this uh, bullpen at this rate. Yeah, he's going to have so issues. so high right now, honestly. If not Ty Tice, one of our other relievers, because Ty Tice is a, a value commodity. You know? He can't talk- actually afford to do that, considering all the injuries. We, we haven't brought this guy up. I know this is like a bullpen dick-sucking fest right now, but Ryan Barucki, that looks amazing. Like There are so many now just Andrew Miller, Ryan Barucki, like the Spider-Man, like the Tobey Maguire, like rubs eyes, puts on glasses, and it's like one pitcher's Andrew Miller. And- or the point at each other one. That's or the Sp- that Spider-Man doing. one, or the corporate wants to tell you the difference between these two pitchers, and it's Andrew Miller and Ryan Barucki, and it's, there's no difference between these two pitchers. Like, that's actually what we're starting to see out of Ryan Barucki, and it's incredibly exciting. Like, he came out today, first pitch, 98, just fucking ridiculous. That yeah. slider is... Remember how slurvy and just a bad, not MLB-quality pitch that thing was? Yeah. Like... He was a three-pitch finesse lefty starter, and now he's just a dominant blow-you-away lefty reliever out of the pen who throws upper 90s, almost 100. And actually, hasn't he hit 100? He might have been one of the guys who's also hit 100. And now that fucking slider has been as high as, like, 92. And it's consistently 87 plus. Like, Yeah. That's that's an arm I'm very excited about, and considering the injuries, I think this is actually the role that best suits Ryan Barucki. It's very yeah, exciting. We, we've always kind of felt that way about Barucki. Like even when we put him in the rotation, and they were all trying to hype him up. He's our next 
pitcher in our rotation, but like watching him pitch, like we knew in the bullpen as a lefty, like that's the kind of guy we're missing. I was kind of excited for him because he seemed like a guy that could miss bats, but he was just hurt all the time. Not miss bats. Like, sorry. He seemed like a Mark Burley type of guy, the opposite of miss bats, like a pitch to contact, like just limit damage is kind of what I was trying to get at. Like limit the really, because he, he, at first he didn't get hit really hard, but the issue was just he was hurt all the goddamn time. So hopefully, yeah. again, hopefully this reduction in workload and putting him in the bullpen keeps him healthy because he's a weapon. He just he really is. You know what I mean? There's no other way to say it because he's not a lefty specialist. So he can come out and get righties. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we're we got everything kind of. I was gonna say anything else you guys wanted to go over just this uh, slobbering over these relievers. That's, that's really it, well, it's fuck, man. It's bailed the yeah. season out so far. You know what I mean? Well, we've really been able to celebrate, honestly. The rest no. of this team. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully we see more of what we saw out of Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. More of the same out of Matt's. You know what I mean? Like three run dinger sucked, but that was gonna happen at some point. You know what I mean? One of those was gonna have. He was gonna get hit at at some point. He was gonna give up a dinger. You know what I mean? It's the American League East. It was gonna happen. He still looks good though, because it did. It, it's not like he fell apart. No. Right. Give the and, one home run, and that was pretty much it. Right. So you gotta hope reuse better. Um, Pearson's getting healthy, right? Like Springer's coming back. Like think about it. They should have swept. Think about the amount of times we've said the defense has cost them a game, and this team is what one game under two games under five hundred. They're nine and eleven. Or no, they're ten and eleven after today, right? Said the same thing last year too. How many games could we? You know, the defense cost yeah. them, and they just found a way. But to the different the difference is last year it was like how many times the defense cost them if they could just put it together. It wasn't how many times because did the defense cost them? And oh, by the way, George Springer's on his way back, and Teoscar, who was a Silver Slugger, is on his way. Like you know what I mean? Like the guys that are coming back are of a different quality. And and the big thing is Nate Pearson because Vladdy's doing what we talked about before the season. And Vladdy's doing, he's living up to all the things. And if Nate Pearson can come back, and if Nate Pearson, if Nate Pearson, I don't know where the lisp there just came Pearson, from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, if he's got that much power, if he comes back and he's that guy, like if he's Mike Tyson, like that, if he's the, if he's the killer Mike, you know what I mean? If he's the fucking that good, if he's the ace he's supposed to be. My God, like, look at what this team could be, even with the defense. You know, because they're just going to hit their, like, that offense should be able to hit its way out of there. And Pearson and company should just be able to strike their way out. Like, okay, cool. You, 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 we can't let them put the ball in play. Fine. (laughs) We'll strike everybody out. It's just, it's exciting. Like, that's the funny thing is like, there's so much negative. We haven't even been super positive. And this team's not terrible. This team is young and getting better. And George Springer is one of the best players in baseball, and he's coming back. You know what I mean? Teoscar did win a Silver Slugger last year. He's coming back. Nate Pearson is still one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. He's thrown 105. 104.9, I think it was. Still! (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's coming back. It's, It's exciting times. As long as Ryu's fine. Because that's that's just kind of the, the little thing where I'm going to be terrified. really cautious. Take our every precaution with Ryu. We don't want to rush him back at all. And exactly. For the long run. Gotta, just got to protect the booty. Just keep it. Keep, keep it safe. Glued keep his, off the squat whatever rack. it was. Yeah, keep exactly. Off the squat rack this week. Yeah. Just chill. Just chill. Try to keep Ryu to the gym. That's like 
Yo, you know what they need to do, to do, actually? He needs too bad he wasn't around when David Price was here and he didn't have one of those scooters because then he wouldn't he wouldn't have to worry. He could just scoot around. Hopefully then someone left theirs. That hurts your gluteus. Honestly, ho- hopefully someone left theirs around the facility and they can just like lend it to Ryu and he can just use that. Like the Castan just drive around. <laughs> just beeping oh, <laughs> That would be amazing. But, oh, yeah. man. Anyways, to go, this week, though, got some attitude, got some Braves. Probably the best time to play these kind of teams. Interleague baseball. Yeah, interleague baseball. We get actual DHs and real baseball. Soto might be coming back. We don't know. We'll see if he's not playing. That's that's pretty massive. If you get to dodge, and Trey Turner got hurt today too. If you get to dodge two, like they're two best players, and you know Soto is one of the best players in baseball, not just best young players. Like me and Tony were arguing before the podcast about. Not we were fun. arguing about who is better, Soto or Trout. But the th- the funny thing is, is like I just think Mike Trout, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball and is going to be one of the best ever to play the game. Like maybe the goat. But you can make the argument that Juan Soto is is potentially better right now. Like that's how good Juan Soto is. My argument is just as a as a hitter, I'm saying Soto definitely. But it's and Tony's saying this definitely. because Tony has him in our league. I was actually arguing not for Trout, who Theo owns. I was arguing for. Acuna, who I own, but nobody cares about anyone else's fantasy league. So we will end this podcast before we go too in depth. Unless you boys have anything else you want to get to? No, that's all I got. All right, that's all. Oh God, it's gonna be a problem. He's gonna be he's gonna be the fan favorite. But that's all for episode eight of the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. We do have to come up with a name for this, This other than just the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. All right, well, maybe we'll aim this later. Maybe it is the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. Whatever it is, this is episode eight. You can find our website, torontoontilt.com. We will add some articles up there at some point. We'll get back to the writing. You can find our video on YouTube, Toronto Until the video. They didn't delete us again. Hopefully, you know, just, you know, leave us alone, YouTube. They We're shadow cool. banned us. That explains We're cool, all right? And you can find our audio everywhere. You can find it on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Bleaker, all of the things. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, share. Until next week, we'll see you later.